Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. Back, he steps up, he's going to run. Run, he does. He's got the first down. He's at the fourth. 30, 25, 20. 15, 10, 5, and out of bounds inside the 5. Jalen Hurts. Just amazing stuff. Uh, Jalen against Green Bay the other night. Uh, This hour sponsored by Meridian Bank. Regional presence, community touch. Meridian Bank, innovative business banking for entrepreneurial success. Delighted to be joined by my pal Ray Dinger. And Ray, before we get into all the football business, let me just say, I, I watched that NFL Films portrait on you, uh, recorded it uh, when it was on the other night. It was great, and posted it online, and people watched it and just thought it was terrific. You came off magnificently. I don't know when it's going to run again, but I will help people try to find it. And uh, congratulations on just really a, a nice treatment that they gave you. Yeah, it really was. Um, it really was. I mean, it's... Uh... It's proof that NFL films can make anything interesting. You know what I mean? <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, don't, and sell your short, don't sell yourself short, Ray. <laughs> I know. I'm a tremendous slouch. Yeah. There you go. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah. Uh, but it was, I mean, Chris Barlow, who, you know, my good friend from my years of working over there, he and I, he and I partnered on a lot of projects. And he's about as good a storyteller as I've ever been around. And, you know, when he said he was going to do the piece, I knew I was in good hands, and it and it did. It turned out really great. Uh, it ran a couple times this week, uh, and it's going to run again uh, in a couple weeks on NFL Network this time. So it's going to be it's going to be floating around, so folks will get a chance to see it. But I I really I I really have to thank those guys over there because they did a beautiful job with it. Ray, what was your reaction when I assume Chris pitched the idea to you? I thought he was kidding. Um, um, he sent me an email and said we want to do a we want to do a piece about your career and your retirement and I I thought he was joking, um, and I wrote back and you know I basically wrote back kind of a yeah right sure and no he said no we really <laughs> no, we really do um, and look I worked there long enough uh, thirteen years that I kind of know how programming goes over there and I know. You know, I mean, they don't normally do shows about people in the media. They just don't. I mean, in, in all my time over there, we did, we did one, we did one piece about uh, Myron Cope, who's the legendary uh, writer broadcaster out in Pittsburgh, who's just a great character and just funny as can be. And so he was. I mean, his story kind of, and his personality really lend itself to a television treatment. So that made perfect sense to me. But the idea of trying to do the same thing with me was, um, I. I 
I said, well, I'm very flattered, but I don't know. Good luck trying to pull this off. But uh, but they did. It was it was it was really really good. And uh, you know, a big part of it was were the interviews. I mean, Glenn, you were you were great. Uh, Michael Barkan was terrific. And you know, my son just knocked it out of the park. I did. I never I never knew that my son was such a great interview. <laughs> he was great. He was great. So anyway, people just try to watch it. All right, Ray. We saw. An incredible game against the Packers from Jalen Hurts, and I know comparisons are always risky. I mean, you know, hey, we thought Rents, Rents, excuse me, was going to be a great player for a decade. Uh, but with that, I'm not going to ask you to project Jalen Hurts' career, but I'd love you to compare his skill set to some extremely talented quarterbacks the Eagles have had over the years. Randall, McNabb, Vic. You know, how does his skill set compare and contrast with, with those amazingly talented quarterbacks well i guess you almost have to look at it um through two prisms you know one being what he is now and the other one being what he can be you know because i think you're still seeing the guy grow you know i mean if you just uh again the comparison when you and i were doing the show together i talked all the time about how much growth you saw in him in college i mean the difference the difference between his alabama years and his oklahoma years just how much he developed and improved as a passer you know, and how much better he's gotten since then. Um, you know, I mean, as good as he is right now, and he's clearly in the MVP discussion, you kind of get the feeling he's almost just scratching the surface of how good he can be, which, I mean, I don't know that anybody thought that when the Eagles drafted him um, because there were enormous questions about just can he ever throw the ball well enough to be a winning quarterback in the NFL. And uh, at that time, there were leg- that was a legitimate question to ask. But through hard work, and, and i, I got to give the coaches their due, through some good coaching, I mean, he has really made strides. I mean, if you look at, uh, at his numbers uh, from last year and you compare them to this year, especially in the critical areas of, of third down uh, and red zone, I mean, much, much better. I mean, the improvement, I mean, he was, 23, he was the 23rd most efficient quarterback throwing the ball in the red zone last year. Now he's number four. Uh, so in one year, that kind of improvement is, is remarkable, but it's part of the reason why the Eagles are 10-1 and one right now. Ray, I have to be honest. I'm covering all these Eagles games, and I'm watching them win games, sometimes by large margins, by running the ball. And I have this vision of you sitting at home, tracking the plays, and shaking your fist in the air and saying, victory is mine with the way that they <laughs> are running the ball this season. And it's, and it's been a league-wide trend. Uh, yeah. teams are running the ball more efficiently and in some cases more frequently than ever before. You have a team, I think I pointed this out in a column a couple of weeks ago, you have a team like the Atlanta Falcons, which doesn't have a whole lot of talent on its roster, but is able to be in contention for a bad division's title because they're running the ball so well. What do you think happened? For years we heard, you got to throw the ball to win in the NFL, and this season there seems to have been a sea change. What in your mind happened? Yeah, um, I think that there's a, a couple of things that happen. I think it's. A, I think you're right, Mike. Um, um, I think. Well, you're right about a couple of things. You're right about the fact that I'm sitting home logging all this and cheering my head off because I think this is <laughs> this is this is absolutely my school of football that they're playing in right now. I, I I do love it. I mean, to me, it's it's just really. It's. I mean, it's very old school, but to me, it's very entertaining. I know there's some fans that just love the passing game and they you know they love the forty to thirty eight games, and I understand there's a place for that. But there's also a place for a good. 17-14 game. I mean, that's um, and and I think you're seeing more of those. Um, I think what you're seeing is uh, a, a, one of the great things about football is the way it evolves. 
uh, and the way cycles, you know, cycles kind of repeat themselves. And we're kind of going back to some of that stuff now. I mean, it was it was not that long ago that it was kind of a rarity for teams to play with two tight ends. You just didn't really see it. I mean, but now you do. Uh, teams are playing with two tight ends a lot, which gives you that extra blocker, which makes you better to run. You got better running quarterbacks now, and defenses aren't really set up to play against running quarterbacks because now all of a sudden you hear the phrase then. It's true. Now you got an extra blocker. Now the quarterback's in play on that play. Uh, so that makes it better. Uh, and defenses have now been constructed over the last, geez, two decades, really to defend against the pass because that's what's been the big weapon. So now you've got smaller defensive linemen. Uh, you've got teams that are built around nickel and dime defenses. So linebackers, are, you know, there are a lot more defensive backs than linebackers on the field right now. A lot of defensive coaches, like Jonathan Gannon, like to play the conservative game. They like to play the two safeties high. They don't want to bring the safety down in the box. So it's Teams are light up front. They're light in the box. It's a, it's a smaller front four. Offensive linemen are getting bigger, and they can just push people off. And you've got quarterbacks that can run, and you've got backs who can run. And teams have just decided, you know, we can actually do this now. And, we, and by doing this, we can control the clock. We can control field position. And we're not as apt to turn the ball over. And it turns out to be a winning formula. Now, that's not to say that somebody can just win a championship in the NFL now by running it 50 times a game and with a guy that can't throw. You're going to have to throw it some. But what you're seeing now is teams have realized that, yeah, you can win in the NFL. It can be an effective strategy, and more teams are adopting it. Ray Dinge is our guest, as uh, is obvious. Uh, everybody knows this voice, certainly at this time. Ray is going to join Mike and me and uh, Zach Berman and uh, Shibe Sports and Carl's Cards and Collectible and Charlie Manuel's company, Hog Island Press, this coming Wednesday, December 7th, 6.30 to 8.30 p.m. at Puddler's Kitchen and Tap in Bridgeport. It's the holiday gift shopping extravaganza. Ray's going to bring some of his great books. Uh, so we invite everybody to come and get your holiday shopping done early. It's 3 to Calp Street in Bridgeport on the banks of the school right over the bridge from Norristown. Ray, as we look at the Eagles now with their incredible record, um, where's the competition come from? Who who are the teams in the NFC, and I guess I'd ask you to rank them, that the Eagles should uh, expect to play down the road in the playoffs? Well, the, one of the big surprises of this season is the fact that it looks like some of your competition is going to come from your own division, which, I mean, nobody saw that coming at the beginning of the year. I mean, we kind of thought the NFC East was kind of going to be the NFC East that we've, that we've seen over the last few years, that, you know, there might be one team that might be able to get a game over 500, but the other two teams aren't going to be much. Uh, and now you're looking at a scenario where, I mean, I mean, you got all four teams are now playing for the postseason with a very real chance that maybe three of them could get there. Um, and so you can't look past the Giants. You can't, you, can, you can't even look past the Washington at this point, especially if they knock off the Giants tomorrow and get really into the thick of this thing. The Cowboys are always scary because they do have a lot of talent on their roster, and you've seen them this year. Um, when they're good, they can be really good, as they showed against Minnesota. Um, but the team that scares me, if I'm, if I'm an Eagles fan, the team that looking down the road, the team that scares me is San Francisco. Yeah, mm. that's what uh, everybody's think, starting to say, huh? Yeah, they're good. They're good. I mean, I was I was just looking at some I was just looking at some tape on them this week, and uh, the thing the thing the two things are happening. Uh, their defense, which was very good at the start of the year, but was weakened with some injuries. Um, some of those guys are getting healthy. They're getting back, and they're starting to look like the defense that we thought they were going to be all year. Um, and I think either this week or next week they're going to get Arik Armstead back, which will make him even better. Uh, and on offense, you know, Christian McCaffrey is there now, and uh, 
Um, you know, he's been with the team long enough that he's learned the playbook. He's learned the system. He's got a, an injury issue right now. It's slowing him down a little bit, but not a whole lot. I suspect that he'll be ready for the postseason. And if all of that comes together and you got some of those receivers, I mean, Ayuk is a really good receiver. Sam was a really good receiver. I mean, that's, they're a, they are a very potent team. And, you know, Jimmy Garoppolo, I mean, isn't, isn't a quarterback that's going to be on the covers of any magazines anytime soon. But uh, Not for his the, playing if, ability if, anyway, Ray. No, he could make GQ. You're yeah. right about that. Yeah, he could he could make GQ. Uh, but as far as the as far as you know, you don't think about him as one of those um, sort of franchise type quarterbacks. But if you surround him with enough good people, he can win, as he's demonstrated. I mean, he has taken a team to a Super Bowl. So they're the one team that looks to me to be. If you're an Eagles fan and you're looking down the road and you're looking at the postseason and saying, okay, who would I rather not have to play out of the NFC? It would probably be the San Francisco because I think they've got the players and I think they've got a team that's constructed in such a way with that defense and that offensive line, they can go on the road and win a game. So they're, that, that to me is the biggest threat to the Eagles. Ray, I want to shift gears a little bit. I know you were at the, the doubleheader at the Palestra uh, the other night for Temple LaSalle and St. Joe's and Penn. You're a Temple alumnus. Uh, What's your take on kind of where the Big Five is now and its its relevancy in the city, in the market, and kind of in college basketball nationally? Yeah, um, I, well, Mike, I thought I thought you really said it very well in the paper this week when when you wrote your piece the day after that uh, that doubleheader. Um, I thought it was sad, you know. I re- I really do. Um, I went there with with high hopes, you know. I, I when I saw that that when I saw that on the schedule that they were going to play this big five doubleheader um, and really invoke the memories of what the palestra kind of used to be. And you got LaSalle Temple in the first game. You got Penn St. Joe in the second game. And uh, I, I went to the game with uh, my old college buddy, Russell Peltz. Uh, and uh, we went there and we were kind of, I was, I was expecting to see the place full. Uh, I was expecting to, to get a little of the old, uh, you know, the old mojo back. And we walked in there. We were there about, I guess, 10 minutes before tip-off of the LaSalle, LaSalle Temple game, and the place was empty. Yeah. I mean, I mean, I mean like empty, empty. Uh, and it didn't fill up a whole lot after that. I mean, as later on in that game, as, as some of the Penn people began showing up and the St. Joe people for the second game, you began to get some more people in the building. But there was never, there was never anything you would describe as electricity. There wasn't anything that evoked memories to me of what the Plester used to be. It was just a reminder of what the Palestra is now, you know, and what the Big Five is now. And that was a shame. I, I, I really kind of was looking at that as a, as a night when maybe they could, even if it's just for one night, kind of recapture the magic. And I think the feeling that I had when I left there is that the magic is gone. And I felt really bad about that. And I thought, I thought your column kind of expressed it pretty well uh, with, with that, with just the right note of, you know, hey, listen, this was a really good try. And I know it was Fran Dunphy's idea to put these two games together. And it was a great attempt to try and, you rekindle the uh, the memory of what the Big Five was, but I think what you saw was kind of where the Big Five is right now, and it was really uh, for an old timer like me that remembers the days of the '60s and the '70s, and uh, was it was it was really kind of a shame. All right, Ray, uh, nicely said, and it was a great column that Mike wrote. Thanks, guys. Uh, one of the things I miss uh, not getting to be with you every weekend is my what we're watching are all TV, and and Mike's reviews have generally been TV as well. But, Ray, you go to the movies. Yeah. And so my hunch is that you've probably seen a couple movies recently, and I would love a little Ray Dinger, what we're watching. <laughs> okay. Uh, well, I did go to a movie this week. I went to see a movie called Devotion, which is um, 
probably is not getting a whole lot of press, but um, it's a movie about the uh, it's a story of the first uh, African American naval aviator, uh, a guy named Jesse uh, uh, Jesse Powers, who um, went through the whole program and became a navy naval aviator and flew, uh, and uh, sadly lost his life in the in the Korean War. But it's uh, it's it's good. I mean, the thing about it was one of the things I really liked about it was I thought the aerial photography scenes, the aerial combat scenes were really good. Uh, and the, the guy, the stunt coordinator, the guy that coordinated the aerial photography is the same guy that did uh, the aerial photography for Maverick. The, uh, oh. The, uh, yeah, the, the, second, the second edition of the, of the Top Gun series, which was anybody, I, a lot of people saw Maverick, and a lot of people saw the, the aerial scenes in that, which were pretty breathtaking. Uh, and it's a, film, it's a film named Kevin LaRosa, and they, they've got him to do the aerial photography here. It's a little bit different because it's it's Korean War vintage, so you don't have supersonic jets flying around. Uh, but it was again, I mean, the feeling of flight uh, and the, the the feeling of what it's like to be in a, in a dogfight and dodging anti-aircraft fire has you on the edge of your seat for sure. The photography is really good. The story the, the story is a little. Um, it's a little bumpy. I mean, it's not particularly it's not particularly artfully told, uh, but the fact that it's true makes it pretty compelling. You understand what this guy went through, and I have to tell you that the actor who plays who plays Jesse, who plays the lead, is a fellow named Jonathan Majors, um, who is boy is he a powerful on screen presence. And if you don't get to see him in Devotion, uh, I saw the trailer for Creed Three. Which is coming out in March, which is the third installment of the of the uh, Creed series now, mm-hmm. and he plays he played a really super good guy in Devotion, but he kind of plays the villain coming up in Creed. He becomes the opponent for Michael Jordan in Creed Three, and man, he looks really good in this. He's really good in this, but he's going to be a very different role in Creed and. I just saw the trailer, but I can't wait to see that one. I think that's going to be really good. Well, Ray, you mentioned Top Gun Maverick, and I have to confess, I've seen Top Gun Maverick maybe at a minimum 27 times since it came out. Um, <laughs> what, what did you think of that? I liked it a lot. I liked it a lot. I was, I was surprised. I, frankly, I was surprised I liked it so much. I mean, the idea of bringing the, bringing the show back and bringing Tom Cruise back all these years later seemed to me to be a stretch. I had no doubt it was going to make money mm-hmm. uh, because Tom Cruise movies do make money, and a lot of people loved Maverick, and so a lot of people loved Top Gun. So, But I kind of went back and just said, oh, let me check this out. But I, I didn't really have high hopes for it, and I wound up liking it a lot. I thought as, as a movie, it was much better than Top Gun was. I thought the story was much better. Yeah. I thought the, the, the love interest uh, uh, with, with, uh, with he and Jennifer Conley uh, was much more real than the one that it, with Kelly McGinnis the first time around. Mm-hmm. And even though it seemed like a stunt to me, uh, bringing Val Kilmer back, even though it was just for the one scene... It worked. It totally it, worked. It totally worked. You're exactly right. And when I knew that they were bringing him back, and I, everybody knows about his health problems and everything, that they were going to bring him back uh, in, this, uh, in this role of the Admiral, who kind of helps resurrect Tom Cruise's career. Uh, I just thought it was a stunt, you know, and... Mm-hmm. But the scene itself is really good. Yeah. I mean, it is really, really well done. And, and, and is a, it's one of the things that makes the movie terrific, I think. And then, of course, the aerial photography and, you know, all the stuff that happens once they get up in the air uh, is uh, it's just breathtaking. It really is. If people, I, I, I guess you can see it on streaming and you can kind of see it on TV. And, and you'll still get, I mean, you'll still get a, a good ride out of it. But, boy, if you could ever see that in a, in a real movie theater or if you could better at, see it in IMAX, 
man, it is, I mean, that's a movie that will really, really take your breath away. Yeah, and I would just add one quick thing. I think it will be the launching point for a couple of the young actors in it. You know, we everybody, particularly in the Philadelphia area, already knows about Miles Teller. Yes. But you think of Monica Barbaro and Glenn Powell, I think their careers are just going to take off because I thought they were terrific in it, too. Yeah, they were, and it's worth mentioning uh, Glenn Powell is also in Devotion. Mm-hmm. Uh, Glenn Powell, the actor who kind of plays a bad guy in, in Maverick, uh, turns around and he becomes um, the wingman and best friend uh, of Jesse, the pilot in, in Devotion. And so it's, he sort of flips the role around. He's a Navy pilot, uh, but he's, in this one he's a good guy, and he's the one that uh, um, he actually, his, his actual character in real life wins a, wins, a, wins a Medal of Honor for his heroism in the Korean War. So Glenn Powell comes back in this, and you're right, he's quite good in it. All right, Ray, last one for me. Let's get back to football. How do you see tomorrow's game against Tennessee playing up? Challenging. Challenging. I, I think that it's going to be a tough game for the Eagles. Um, and it, it, Tennessee's a funny team. I mean, if you look at them statistically, you look at their stats, and you know, their 29th offense, they were 21st in defense, or 26th in points scored. I mean, they, you look at the numbers, you say, what? Yeah. <laughs> These guys don't look that good. Um, but the fact is, they're, they, they just play really good in the areas where you kind of have to play good. They're really good in the red zone. They're really good on third down. They run the ball extremely well, and they're just tough. I mean, you just watch them on tape, and they're, and they're just they're big, and they're physical, and they're tough. Uh, I mean, this, this Jeffrey Simmons guy, I don't, people don't know a whole lot about him. Uh, he hasn't been heard of very much. But in my view, he ranks among the top three, four defensive linemen in all of football. I mean, he is, he's not quite Aaron Donald, but he ain't far off. And he's really good. And everybody kind of knows who Derrick Henry is. And they also make no secret about what they, who, what they are and what they want to do. I mean, they're going to get off the bus running the ball tomorrow. I mean, that's, that's, that's their, they have one playbook, and Mike Vrabel has one way to play. And so they're going to come right at the Eagles with the, with the whole Washington game plan, and they're just going to keep running Derrick Henry. And it's, what we're going to find out is, can the Eagles stand up to it? You know, how much better are they now with getting, back, with getting Ndamukong Sue and Linville Joseph? And you're also, and you're also going to uh, get back Jordan Davis, which will help. But that's yeah. what the game's really going to come down to. I mean, they're going to have I, to stop I did not run. hear a – I have not unveiled my folded piece of paper, and nonetheless, I would expect a final pick from Ray. Oh, okay. Um, I think it's going to be a really close game because that's all Tennessee ever plays. Uh, the score is going to be that low. Uh, but I think the Eagles will find a way to win. But I think it's going to be tough. It's going to be a tough four-quarter street brawl. And I'm going to say, I'm going to say tennis. I'm going to say the Eagles win at 24-20. 24 to 20. I think we'll take that. Ray Dinger, we look forward to seeing you on Wednesday, uh, 6:30 mm-hmm. to 8:30 p.m. at Puddler's Kitchen and Tap in Bridgeport. You certainly know your way there, Ray. You've been there a few times. I sure uh, have. Start your holiday shopping. Books by Ray, by Mike. I probably have a few copies of my old books hanging around. Zach Berman is going to be there. Swag from Scheib Vintage Sports, Carl's Cards and Collectible, and High Island Press, the charitable T-shirt company. Charlie Manuel is involved with Plus Beer. Uh, 3 DeKalb Street in Bridgeport is where Puddler's Kitchen and Tap is on the banks of the Schuylkill. Ray, we will see you then, and uh, tell Maria we appreciate uh, you letting us steal you for a little bit. <laughs> I, will tell her, I, will, I will tell her that for you, and I look forward to seeing you guys on Wednesday. See you there Wednesday, you Ray. Thanks. Right, Take Ray. care, guys. See you. Be Bye-bye. well. There you go. There you go. He's the man. Now and forever. He- he is the man. And that feature on NFL Films is... Uh, it's is, awesome. It's, it's outstanding. Awesome. I mean, for them to 
de- uh, devote 22, 23 minutes to a guy. We really need new phones. T Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month without a pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. <sighs> Spring is a time of renewal, so why not refresh your home with a little help from Blinds.com? We make getting custom window treatments a minor project with major impact. Choose from premium blinds, shades, and shutters. We even have options for your patio, too. Blinds.com invented a better way to shop for custom window treatments. There's no pushy salespeople in your home or inflated showroom prices. Our design experts can help you find the perfect window treatments on your schedule. We'll even send free samples directly to you. Plus, we can handle the measuring and installation for you. Unlimited window treatments installed for just one low cost. And with Blinds.com, you'll always get transparent pricing. No hidden fees. Our free shipping and 100% satisfaction guarantee can put the spring back into your step. And into your home, too. Shop Blinds.com right now and save up to 45%. Up to 45% off for a limited time at Blinds.com. Blinds.com. Rules and restrictions may apply. Oh, oh, oh. Protect your vehicle's engine with a full synthetic oil change and save with Mobile One at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Purchase five quarts of Mobile One full synthetic motor oil and receive a $10 O'Reilly gift card after rebate. See store for details. With your Mobile One purchase, you'll also receive two times points during Old Rewards Bonus Points Month at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Oh, 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 O'Reilly. 